Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Hope Sessions podcast with me, Jerry D. Every Monday for the next couple of months, we're going to be diving into the Word of God and discovering some of the incredible truths that are inside it. And I believe that as we begin to discover the power inside the Word, that it will greatly inspire, encourage, and impact our journey of faith as we continue to trust God in our daily lives. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it from. This greatly helps to spread the message about the podcast and also encourage other people to check it out for themselves. Don't forget the hope is to life as oxygen is to the body. The message is simple. But also don't forget to enjoy the show. Take care. God bless. What is bitterness? It's an interesting question, isn't it? When you when you really begin to give it some consideration. Bitterness can be described as a couple of the following points. The first one, self-inflicted dislike, where we are trying to change our circumstances emotionally by directing our anger towards the person who has wronged us. Or someone who is bitter is angry and unhappy because they cannot forget the bad things that have happened in the past. Bitterness does more harm to the person it's inside of rather than the person that is poured upon. And I've heard it said that bitterness is like a cancer. It eats the person it's inside of. And they're, they're, they're quite um, descriptive terms to, to explain and to give an insight of what bitterness really is. And I really believe that today, as, as we dive into the word of God and begin to discover in the passage of Luke that we're going to be spending time in today, what bitterness does to someone. I really believe that God wants to speak to you, to encourage you, and maybe to even challenge you in the areas of, of unchecked bitterness. Do you know? Um, so we're going to be in the Word today, as always. We're going to be in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, verses 11 to 31. Um, I'm going to read it, um, and it's the story of the prodigal son. And maybe for you, you if you've been in church for any length of time, or maybe you haven't been in church, but you've maybe heard this story in a religion class in school or something. Um, prodigal is an interesting term. It simply means having spent everything and having a sense of nothing now, and a sense of emptiness because of spending everything that they once had, you know? In verse 11, it says the following onwards. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now, before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed up all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into the fields to feed his pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have enough food to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will 
go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, comma, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the oldest son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. And we are celebrating because of his safe return. The older son was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him. But he replied, all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and he has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. What an incredible uh, parable. Um, I think that the, the more I study it, the more I read it, it just seems to become a bit more um, impactful in my own life, in my own understanding of what the text is talking about. And it's really clear from this, this passage that we've just read. Um, the older son, he is incredibly bitter towards the return of his younger brother rather than rejoicing at his safe return. Because bitterness kept him in chains and holding him captive to even forgiving his brother who had wronged his father. And this older son, he would have considered himself good as he always obeyed his father. The father's heart had been broken with the loss of his son. And the older brother feels taken for granted when his younger brother returns and gets a party. And he didn't even get to, get, get to have a party with his friends. He thinks he should get a party because of his faithful service. He thinks this wasn't fair. But listen to me when I say this. Grace is not about what's fair. It's not about what we deserve. It's about who God is. He has worked hard every day. And no doubt it would have took out a lot, a lot of his energy, in fact, and he would have been exhausted. And he fulfills his obligations. But inside him, he has wandered away from his father, becoming increasingly bitter and unfree. And I suppose in light of that, I want to ask you a couple of questions. 
because you're tuning into this podcast today, there's a couple of questions I want when I suppose put this into perspective for you. When a person you're bitter towards walks into a room, do you have maybe negative feelings immediately overcome you and cause you to put on a hypothetical happy face? Or do you intentionally turn away to ignore and avoid him or her? Does the mere mention of his or her name leave a bitter taste in your mouth? Does thinking about him or her make your stomach turn? Do you resent his or her success? Or maybe does it bother you when you hear any good report about them? Do you secretly desire failure for him or her? Do you mentally argue with them? Or do you find yourself talking bad about that person to the people you know that they care about? And, and if you're like me, you can admit that every single one of them questions relates to me. At some point in my life, I have done all those things that I've just called out because bitterness affects every one of us in some way, shape or form. And what's really interesting, something struck me as I was, I suppose, as I was, you know, so often in this story, we have a tendency to focus on either the, the, the wayward son coming back or the father running to him. And they're both incredible um, concepts to look at our sides of the story. But I want to look for a bit at the, the older brother who, who, you know, because whether you realize it or not, there's two people lost in this story, the wayward son and also the son who stayed at home. And it's really interesting because in this passage alone, you could do a sermon series. You could do one about the older brother, one about the younger son who went away and became a prodigal, which means he spent everything, or about the father even. So there could be a three-part series. I'm not going to do it personally. I just don't think it's necessary. Maybe in the future of the Lord. I suppose, um, burdens my heart to do it. I will gladly, no problem. But um, in light of the older brother, I suppose maybe you've forgotten to enjoy the party with your father, that all your church and mission or ministry coming is a joyless duty. Don't take it for granted what you get to do and enjoy right now. Do you know? I personally relate to the older son pretty well. And I want to share a couple of examples to be real and honest with you about how bitterness has affected me in my own life, but also how God has personally freed me from it. Because freedom is available. It's the heart of God to free you from things that burden you. Um, and I suppose if, you've, if you know me, you know that um, me and my family are quite close. I'm very close to my sister, my brother's my parents, you know, and there was a time where my older brother, Danny was, you know, he got wonderfully saved from a, from a life of addiction. And then he went into ministry school, which is where he, for two years, he went away to study the Bible and get involved in the local church here in Cork, Cork church, which is now where both me, him and my sister attend. And, and, and while he was in this ministry school, once a month, he would come home and I dreaded it every time I knew that he was coming home because everyone was buzzing to see him, you know, and give him all the attention. And I didn't like this because I was jealous of him. And to, to be real, I was incredibly insecure. 
the main reason it's really funny to think of it now. The main reason that I didn't like him coming home was that the attention and affection that I absolutely craved off my parents and siblings was now going to be directed at him for the weekend. And I couldn't bear the thought of it. You know, I would give him a fake smile and a lousy hug because it bothered me that he was in my space. And I remember it very clearly. It was a Sunday morning. We were, it's funny because we were just having some breakfast before we were going to church. And I woke up in bad form because Danny was home. It was never, it was never a good weekend when he was home because I was just a insecure, jealous teenager full of every emotion going. And I remember this, this particular morning or Sunday morning before we went to church, I had enough of acting like it was all okay when it clearly wasn't. I selfishly wanted to change the situation because it made me uncomfortable. And I came face to face with an issue that I was not aware of, but I didn't want to deal with it. And while we were having breakfast, I asked my mom for if I could have a word with her in private, mainly because I wanted to vent and correct her. How cheeky of me to think of it, you know, like my own mom thinking that I have, that there's something I can teach my own mom who, who wonderfully brought me into this world. I remember I went into the hallway and I said, mom, how come you're not treating me the way you're treating Danny when he's home? And the one thing I love about my mom is she's able to see right through a lot of, a lot of body language and words and, and things I do say, but also things I don't say. And she was super patient and super gracious with me. And I love what she said. And my mom calls me Jerboy because she's the only woman in my life who can call me Jerboy and get away with it. Remember, she said, Jerboy, very clearly, you're loved and deeply valued by us all. And you know that. But because you're here all the time, you don't see that. And you think that we're giving Danny special treatment. He doesn't come home much. And you'll understand when you move out what it's like to be reunited with your parents or for your parents to be reunited with their kids. And that was it, to be honest. I couldn't see this because I got so used to their love and provision on a daily basis to me. Um, and I have moved away from home. I moved away from home when I was 17. So I've been living away from home for about nine years. And I totally, right now in, in hindsight, I totally understand what she was saying. You know, and I thank God for the kindness, the tenderness and the patience of my mom at that moment. She ministered so powerfully to me that day. And another example in my life of bitterness would have to be my sister. So me and my sister are about one year's, there's one year in the difference between us, you know. And growing up, we were literally like Tom and Jerry. And yes, it's funny, but it's true. We hated each other. And we actually couldn't even be in the same room as each other. Always trying to be better than each other. And like we had something to prove, but I'm not sure what it was. And, and here's, here's something, right? When me and Emma were on good terms, we were friends with each other on Facebook and Instagram. But when we weren't, we blocked each other. It sounds stupid. I get it. Totally do. Totally agree. In hindsight, we would blame each other for absolutely everything. She would post pictures on her Facebook of her, her new outfit or whatever. And I would comment horrible things in the comment section because I always felt, because I was so insecure that by me pulling her down, 
I was in some way elevating myself to a, to another standard, to to a feeling of acceptance and appreciation for myself. You know, um, and I thank God that that's no longer the case in my life with my brother and my sister. We are all heavily involved in ministry and church. We're we're loving Jesus, faithfully serving Him to this day. Um, but the reason why why I suppose why I'm sharing those stories is to to show you that the gospel really is impacting my family's life and it can impact your life, your family's life, your situations that you're in, because the gospel is, is on the forceful advance. It can't be stopped, you know? And like, we're all like the older brother in the sense that we have something like a chain holding us back. But can I encourage you? He wants to hear your frustration. He wants to heal your hurts. He wants to enable you to forgive that person. He also, listen to this, he wants your bitterness. He wants to take your chains and completely destroy them. As a father, he hates to see his children wrapped up in chains that prevent them from being free. And I, I mean this when I say this, I don't care if you've lost your grip on him. He has not lost his grip on you. Even if you're not pursuing him, he is still pursuing you. And if we want to see and experience growth, we need to stop over obsessing with what's been done to us and start obsessing with what's been done for us because of Jesus. And the truth is, I don't have to tell you what you're bitter about, or I don't even have to ask you what you're bitter about, because you know right now that the Holy Spirit is pinpointing it in your heart. You already know because it bothers you more than you think. May I encourage you? Don't allow yourself to be robbed another second of peace because of that bitterness in that particular area of your life. I would strongly encourage you to reach out and speak to that person that you're bitter towards and put it right either in person, text, or call. I personally prefer the in-person or the phone call or a video call so that person can see you or hear your voice. Or, or maybe someone's going to ask you for forgiveness. Walk with them and watch what God will do by you forgiving that person. Watch the fruit that will come out of, of you allowing the gospel to be at work in your life by, by submitting to its power and authority. Jesus took everything that you're dealing with on that cross so that you don't have to live your life as a slave. And it's interesting because I've heard this saying so often, right? And every time I hear it now, I cringe. And it's, I know my heart. Or maybe they'll say, there's no bitterness in me. But in light of saying, I know my heart, the truth is you don't know your heart. Do you know why I'm able to say that? Because in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, it says the following. The heart is deceitful above all things 
and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You need to let the Holy Spirit do a radical surgery on you even right now. Allow the Holy Spirit to come in like that surgeon and, and take the area of bitterness out and he will, he will close up that wound. He will dress it, but he will also heal it. Don't harbor unforgiveness towards someone by having the attitude of, I'm not going to let them off the hook. Because maybe if you're thinking like that, well, they're not on the hook, you are. And when you forgive someone, you know that you set two people free. And one of them is yourself. And I trust that in some way that this message that you just heard on, on a topic very personal to me of bitterness, I trust that it, that it spoke to you, that God would use this as a resource to help you, to challenge you, to grow you in whatever area of your life. And I want to pray for you. Join me as we pray to close out this podcast episode. Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, you are wonderful. Your word is inexhaustible. So timely for us, Lord. There is many times that we are exhausted from life. Crippled with all sorts of burdens, issues, troubles trials and problems but lord even particular on this topic of bitterness maybe someone tuning in right now is 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 responding to this that there's there's something in their heart nudging them towards it lord i pray lord that they would bring it into the light and in bringing it into the light they would allow what they see as a negative be turned into a positive because of the work of god in their life we thank you for your word. We pray that your word would bear much fruit in our lives this week, Lord, as we go about our week with our jobs, college, and serving in ministry, whatever we're involved in this week. Would you give us the grace when the difficult times come this week where we run out of strength, run out of focus, run out of patience, Lord, with people, because people can be difficult to deal with. But we pray for your strength. We pray that the Holy Spirit would minister deeper to our hearts that we would walk that little bit closer towards you, that you would give us a deeper revelation of your word. And in light of that, Lord, that we would walk that one bit more, a bit more confident in who we are because of what you've done to bring us into your family. In the wonderful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Hey guys, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Hope Sessions podcast with me, Jerry D. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're tuning into it from. This greatly helps to spread the word about the podcast, but also to encourage other people to check it out for themselves. Um, until next week, take care. God bless. And don't forget, hope is to life as oxygen is to the body. Take care.